0: Who I am.
1: But you don't know why I'm here.
0: Hey, hey! Oh, it's okay. Sting. okay. All right, it's ding! Okay, it's it's ding! This is where the big boys play, huh? Look at the adjective. Play. Put butts in the seat. <laughs> Self high five. We've been hanging and banging, brother. You're next. Watch real monsters go at it live on WCW Monday Nitro, where the big boys play every Monday night at 8 on TNT. Hello and welcome to Nitro Nights, a WCW look-back podcast. And we've started with 1995 for our look-back, because that's when the very first Nitro happened. And we've now reached the end of 1995 on our look-back. So my, my WCW watch-back partner, the Wrestling Encyclopedia, that is Scottish Danny, came up with the idea of how about we do a sort of end-of-year review with a few ideas for you know, uh, promo of the year, and so a few different categories and so on. And it was a great idea. So we discussed what categories we're going to do. And that's the show you're listening to now. Danny, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing really well, thank you, sir. I'm um,
1: glad to be doing this show today, this little bonus, as we can call it. Yeah, it's going
0: to be interesting. And I like the fact that we've both put forward different categories and we've both discussed them back and forth. And then we've settled upon what do we have? Maybe six or seven different categories we're going to look at and that's what we're going to do at the end of each calendar year as we watch back. So it's going to be quite interesting, I suppose, when we get to the end of our our many, many years journey, looking back through WCW, looking back at these sort of end of year review episodes and seeing who kind of got what, I guess.
1: Yeah, it's, it's going to be really interesting to see um, like things like who was who the better wrestler of the year, who had the best theme song and just things like that. I'm really looking forward to
0: it. Yes, definitely. Definitely. It's going to be interesting as well, I think, from my standpoint, hearing your opinions, especially seeing as a lot of WCW, you, you said, and it's a running theme through the show, a lot of WCW you've seen here with us for the first time. So that's going to be quite yeah. interesting for me as well.
1: Yeah, definitely. and Definitely looking forward to today
0: yeah exactly i will we'll we'll crack straight on with it i mean like i said we've got eight categories in total and we'll start off with one that you brought to the table danny uh entrance theme of the year so i mean just to clarify i suppose before we get into it properly this is our 1995 review our 95 started with the very first episode nitro so there may be stuff in early 95 that doesn't come into what we're looking at this is the, the, the Nitro Knights era of WCW, so the first ever episode of Nitro onwards. And then next year, we'll have a full 12 months to look at for 1996. So yeah, entrance theme of the year, Danny. Uh, do you want to just sort of talk us through a few that you enjoyed and then let us know which one gets your nod?
1: Absolutely. Well, um, 1995 saw a lot of good um, theme songs and it was very hard to put, put a good... Um stamp on this one but for me um i mean you've got all the the bangers that jimmy hart was bringing out but there was one that (laughs) stood out that wasn't from jimmy hart and it was my favorite one was chris benoit's theme song um that was an actual real life theme song do you
0: like it's like I do. I do. It's a good record. It's a good record. Yeah, that's that's a great shape. That is a great shape. And I'll be honest, it didn't enter my mind when I started putting this, my list together. I try and sort of pick for something like that, for example, then entrance theme of the year. I'll, I'll, I'll quickly give you a breakdown of how my mind works. I'll just literally on a bit of paper list all the stuff I liked and then whittle it down by going, well, that's not as good as that. That's not, as, And hopefully I should eventually, in theory, come down to one option and that is what I go with. Now, Benoit's theme i didn't actually put on my initial list but now you've mentioned it i'm thinking oh i wish i had because it's a banger yeah it really
1: is and it's a real song um called replica by the blood brothers and it came out in 1988 but um this chris benoit version had the lyrics removed but it is on youtube so if people want to hear that it's something that since doing this with you, since we first saw Chris Blenmore, I have listened to this song a
0: lot, to be honest, on YouTube. (laughs) It's funny, isn't it? I mean, stuff like, um, certain wrestling themes and so on that sort of really catchy and then you find they're on spotify for example Uh, i like at the end of the year when spotify does it's like kind of your year in review and you can see what you've been listening to and so on and mine is always so strange because obviously i'm a big metal fan as we keep talking about but like last year's for example. Uh, You had the Undisputed Era entrance theme was very high up on my list. And then two really random Shaken Stevens songs next to the likes of Megadeth and Iron Maiden and all this sort of stuff. So So I'm 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 probably going to end up with like random WCW entrance themes on this year's Spotify playlist, I imagine. No, that's a great show, Danny. That is a great show. Thank you, Um, mate. What's your uh, pick for the favourite entrance theme of the year? Well, for me, there's a lot of cheesy themes for 1995. I don't mind the odd bit of cheese. It's great. You know, I'm a big hair metal fan, big hair and, you know, cheesy melodies and so on. There's a lot of cheesy entrance themes. I got I, give a, you know, honorable mentions, I suppose to Hogan's entrance theme, you know, because it is just pure baby, white meat, baby face, just cheesy crap. But for some reason, I bloody love it. It's just, it's just nonsense, but I like it. Uh, Sting's theme i like because again it's just tapping your toe along to it and you know man called sting and the lyrics are just absolute nonsense if you ever break them down it's just
1: <laughs> it's great oh yeah th- just on a uh, bar quickly there's a youtube video of lance storm singing that theme song i'll send it to you is after. there really yes oh, yeah. it is
0: amazing do it and when, we, when this episode drops eventually after our starcade episode we'll try and tag it in that as well we'll, have, we'll let everyone listen to, to see that as well brilliant um I suppose Disco Inferno's entrance theme I've got to mention, but I don't know if it's because it was in the running for the best of the year, but it's whenever I hear it, I will sing it for days on end. I'll just find myself walking around the house humming in Disco Inferno's entrance theme. But for me, just because of the pure classiness of it and for what it stands for, and the fact that I've got certain memories of this music, great wrestling memories, I've got to plump for the Arn Anderson stroke Four Horsemen entrance theme that that guitar and all, yeah it's got a little bit of the 80s twinge to it and yeah that, that's the one for me mate. my entrance theme of the year is the R anderson stroke four horseman entrance theme there oh that's so such a good choice sir. i really enjoy that as well it is good isn't it it is good the symbol of excellence as they say <laughs> uh next up something that i think i found really really difficult to pick really hard to decide on this one uh promo of the year and again this is from the first nitro onwards taking in all the shows that we've looked at next year is going to be even more difficult to pick so we're going to have a full 12 months to look at but this is our calendar year of 95 first nitro to December the 31st promo of the year danny what have you got mate ah uh,
1: this one I went back in the notes and I looked and I boiled it. I could not get past two. There was Medusa showing up on Nitro cutting a promo. And there was Hulk Hogan burning the rag sheet promo. Oh, my Um, goodness. I could not pick one out of both of them. I tried my best um, just really quickly. I think both are very similar in the fact that they both come off as real to me. Like, they both come off as, like, this isn't scripted, even though we know it is, but like, it's it's like, like I was just drawn into the um, segment. I remember texting you during, during both of them. And I was just like, this is amazing. So those (laughs) will be my
0: choices. So how about yours, mate? Uh, Mine, I think we're going to see a bit of a pattern developing, (laughs) but mine, I I go back to, for, for promo of the year, it's not one person. It, it, it's a group that makes up this promo. And I'll go back to the Monday Nitro, the night after Halloween Havoc, when Flair turned on Sting and that brilliant storyline that we, we witnessed show by show. And you had a, a a promo by the Four Horsemen, except at the time there was only three of them, which we laughed and joked about ourselves on, on the show. But watching back certain promos in preparation for this event, uh, sorry, this, this, this podcast, I kept coming back to that one because I think Brian Pillman is fantastic here. He acts like an absolute lunatic uh, and just great. You get classic flair, but then you get Arn Anderson, like just being so believable. And that line that we keep coming back to saying, everyone's been asking me, Arn, when are you bringing back this? And he brings up the four fingers. Well, be careful what you wish for. Ah, just, I mean, that's absolute gold. Pillman was fantastic. Flair was flair, you know, classic flair. And Arn Anderson to me, Arn Anderson, every time he was on my television, for 1995 just reminded me of how much of a star this guy is so yeah my promo of the year is the uh the four horsemen promo from the nitro after halloween havoc the 30th of october 1995
1: fantastic choice and yeah we're definitely going to see a lot of patterns there because i've got Arne Anderson on a few other categories so.
0: <laughs> this is going to turn into an Arn anderson appreciation podcast yes <laughs> match of the year and again this is incredibly difficult because we've seen so many matches obviously every pay-per-view we've watched has, has, has got numerous matches on it we've seen different formats we've seen a 60-man battle royal we've seen a war games we've seen triangle matches we've seen intergender stuff we, we've seen all sorts on nitro and pay-per-view so match of the year again similar to promo of the year. It was incredibly difficult for me to whittle down. uh what have you got for match of the year danny for
1: match of the year, um, it was very hard, as you said. It was just in such a variety, but it would have to be Arn Anderson versus Ric Flair from Fall Brawl 95. Yes. Um, I'm choosing that because it was 22 minutes of just pure... I mean, I remember saying this to you at the time. It was just a masterclass, wasn't it? Just. Mm-hmm. And the fact that Arn Anderson gets the win as well, I remember watching it thinking, that's not going to happen. And then when he did, I was like, yes. So that would be my choice.
0: Yeah, and I'll tell you what, I really struggle to split this between... that. There were three matches I had in mind, and I whittled it down to two. So the third match that didn't quite make it was uh, Atani versus Guerrero from Starcade. From Starcade '95, which which is our last episode eight, uh, and also the last show of 1995, so it just sneaked in there. (laughs) Uh, The two that I couldn't really split between was Flair versus Anderson, as you mentioned there, Danny, and then Liger versus Benoit from Starcade as well. Now I really, I'm finding it incredibly difficult to decide between the two. I think I'm probably going to go with your choice and say Flair-Anderson is the slightly better match because it goes a bit longer, so there's more of it to enjoy. But I'm really struggling to to separate those two there, mate.
1: That is a hard choice. I mean, three great options you had there as well. I mean, oh, just fantastic all round.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's been some great, I mean, there's been some fucking old, terrible terrible shit that we've watched but there's also been some brilliant stuff as well and a lot of it has involved mr anderson mr flair and so on so uh okay now we start coming down to more i suppose individual reviews i guess with uh, we have we have three separate categories i suppose three separate sort of uh mentions here for individual wrestlers themselves or acts or performers themselves whether it's a tag team or a wrestler or whatever and we have tried to break it down danny and i to the difference between character and in ring so we've got heel of the year which we will come to shortly and face of the year both of them very much based purely upon the character aspect of these people so you could be the worst wrestler in the world in the ring but if you're you know getting heat and so on then then so be it and then after that we have our wrestler of the year based purely on in ring ability so you can have someone who's got no personality at all and it but is incredibly talented they don't miss out on on a on a you know hour giving them a bit of praise i guess danny
1: that sounds like a brilliant idea and you was the one that uh thought of that idea to split
0: them into three because i just chose two didn't i well no yeah but it all works mate it all works so heel of the year uh, What have you got? Who's who's your body? Calm down, everyone. It's not the Zodiac. (laughs) (laughs) He he does get enough heat on this show, though. (laughs) He does, and online. (laughs) Yes.
1: um, No, it's someone very close to the Zodiac. It is the devil himself, Kevin Sullivan. Really? because, um, Because I wrote down even as goofy as the Dungeon of Doom are. His promos are so believable, and we talked about we've praised him before. I mean he's not the greatest wrestler ever, or he's not, not got the best body or anything like that, but his promos you really believe, and he's he's fantastic that he's on television and he's helping people like the giant and even though Kamala's gone, but he you 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 see him as sort of a leader role um what do you think about that Choice?
0: Well, it comes as a complete surprise to me that you've picked i mean the the way you've explained it makes it make sense but when you initially said kevin sullivan i was like what (laughs) because i know how much he has pissed us off as well as well as the the good he has done on the microphone at times it's the whole dungeon of dean hulk hogan aspect of, of the stuff we've been watching has been a big low point for the pair of us going back through our episodes and so on so putting forward sullivan as heel of the year initially that really surprised me but the way you've explained it it does make a lot of sense actually you're right yeah oh thank you i mean you just feel like he wants to kill hulkamania he says it in every (laughs) promo (laughs) it's important to have goals in life
1: yes (laughs) (laughs) how about (laughs) yours
0: what's your hero of the year oh see mine this was one of the easier ones for me to pick this was there's no real there was no real debate in my head. I, I, I maybe thought about this for literally a couple of minutes, but the same name kept popping up. So there we go. It was that. And my heel of the year is Ric Flair. Great, um, because he is just the ultimate bad guy, isn't he? Uh, and Sting. The whole storyline was Sting convincing Sting to be his partner, and Sting, fair play, he's the most gullible man in wrestling. It's like the fourth or fifth time the Horsemen have turned on him, or some nonsense like that. Sting goes along with it, and then they they've they double crossed him, and the, the reveal. That they have, uh, you know, at the pay-per-view at Halloween Havoc, where Flair is not siding with Sting and the horsemen are reuniting. And it was just a real, real asshole dirtbag move. And it was just typical Flair, typical Horseman, And that, for me, gets Flair put up there as, as the number one baddie of the Nitro era of 1995, Danny.
1: That's a great choice. And uh, once again, we're going to see a lot of overlapping because he's he is in uh, one of my other um, choices that we've got coming on. But yeah, that's fantastic because we talk about um, clear heels and clear faces, and it's hard to see in today's wrestling. But with 95 Ric Flair, you could definitely tell he was the heel of the, the entire show.
0: Yeah, even when people wanted to cheer him when they were in certain cities and so on. You know, it was very very easy for flair to get them to boo him again and yeah just just a master at work really
1: yeah and he he never lost that ability to draw heat never
0: no exactly exactly Uh, on the other side of the coin then our our baby face of the year our good guy of the year from the first nitro onwards in 1995 uh what have you got there sting (laughs) in a word sting because As you put it uh,
1: brilliantly a minute ago, he was very gullible. But um, if you can push that aside, I mean, he never did a bad thing. He never did anything wrong in this entire run. Um, he was very loud. He was very charism- charismatic. He was colorful. Um, and I wrote down in every promo he cut, he brought in the fans. Like you felt like, as a viewer, you was part of that promo. So my choice
0: would be Sting. Um, how about yours, sir? Exactly the same, exactly the same. I got Sting. Uh, I think you look down the the good guy list. I suppose that the, the babyface side of the roster, Hogan's getting booed, and he, he he basically he pissed us off all year long, didn't he? Let's be honest. Um, Savage, I thought about Savage for a while, but he's so closely linked to Hogan. I think maybe he's been a bit tainted there for me. And then when you get beyond them, you're not really left with much. I mean, you get some in the lower card as well that pop up every now and again, but Nitro here at this time, as we're watching, Nitro Nitro's not only like 40 minutes long. So when you've had the likes of Hogan and Savage on the telly, and then you've had the Horseman on the telly, you're not left with much airtime to have other babyface characters on screen. So I suppose on one hand, by a process of elimination, I'm left with only Sting. But then when you start digging into it, it's the right choice for me because Sting was the ultimate babyface. He he tried to help his adversary Ric Flair and got double-crossed, but he still tried to help him against his better judgment. Uh, we have Sting and Lex Luger now with this really sort of oddball couple scenario, and even then, when Sting is siding with the heel Lex Luger, Sting is still getting cheers. Uh, when Sting was tagging with Hogan on that Nitro we watched a little while back Hogan got booed out the building but Sting as his partner didn't get tainted in the same way match did Sting still got cheered and he is just the ultimate good guy you know yeah Yeah, I think I think baby face of the year is is quite a quite one of the easier choices for us here and I totally agree with you mate Sting all the way
1: yeah 100% on that one because I mean that's another guy that's never lost that ability to be loved by the fans
0: Mm. yeah exactly exactly uh moving away from character work then and focusing more upon in-ring work and in-ring accomplishments alone um our wrestler of the year so this is quite a biggie because this is basically saying this was the guy who entertained us the most in-ring during this you know short run in 95 that we've looked at so far uh wrestler of the year danny who have you got and what was your thought process I would choose
1: the Macho Man Randy Savage on this, and okay. the full process was the amount of great matches he we've both sat through and watched. Um, the fact that Vince McMahon just thought this guy was too old to entertain in the ring and wants him in a commentary position, but for him to jump ship and put matches like this on, it just blew me away. It was I was just thinking. Wow, look, he could still do. Ma- I mean, we're going to see a lot more matches from him as well. But yeah,
0: that w- much a man would be mine. How about yours? I, si? uh, I've, I've got to give a bit of a random honorary mention to someone. To be honest, someone who I didn't think I'd be heaping a lot of praise upon when we started this this project, and that and this is not my wrestler of the year. But I want to make sure that this guy does get a shout out here. And that's Johnny B. Bad. I think mean, he's been in some really really good matches with Brian Pillman. He was in some good matches with with Dallas Page over the TV championship and so on he's always been entertaining and he's opened the shows especially the pay-per-views with some good contests and that we've said over and over again how much he has surprised us both uh, obviously knowing how he he is when he goes on to be mark miro for the for the WWF Johnny B bad I think deserves some credit as being far more entertaining than than I you know realized he would be so you know great matches great persona and so on I also want to give a shout out to Arn Anderson as well. Whenever we saw Anderson in the ring, I thought, yeah, this guy is just fantastic, isn't he? Whether it's a tag wrestler or the singles match with Flair. But the, 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 the guy I'm going for for wrestler of the year, I find it so difficult to divide between these two because they just literally tick all the boxes when it comes to what I enjoy in ring. And that's between Chris Benoit and Eddie Guerrero. Now we didn't see as much of Benoit and Guerrero as we would do the likes of Hogan, Savage, and so on. But I mean Benoit and Guerrero, every time they wrestled, they looked amazing. Every time. Whether that was in 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 singles matches, whether that was when Guerrero wrestled Flair at one stage, and we had the, the stuff at Starcade as well, where they're facing Japanese counterparts. Benoit had some matches with some should we say not as talented individuals, and I still enjoyed those. So it's it's tricky for me to divide between the two. If I had to pick one, I'd probably lean slightly more towards Benoit at the moment because I think we've seen a little bit more of him. But I I still feel that'd be really harsh to Guerrero. I can't split the two, mate.
1: No, that was a fantastic choice, as I will say that, and great honourable mentions as well. Um you know, when both Benoit and Guerrero are on the television, you're not going to get a bad match out of either of them. It'll be very hard to.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. As proven by the by the Starcade show, I guess some brilliant stuff on there from them too. But yeah, yeah, there we go. I suppose then we come to the two biggies, the two biggies. Very much, I suppose, open ended here.
1: Woo! Brother, 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 brothers, brother. Woo! Brother
0: um as is when we do our weekly show we have our o brothers and our woos of the particular show the episode of nitro or the pay-per-view or whatever and as for anyone who's not listened before our o brother is is basically our kind of you know what the fuck moment or that was awful or whatever and it can be a, a bad match a bad interview a bad character uh, anything at all really that fits that oh my god this is this is dire rubbish and then our woo is the exact opposite it's the it's the top of what we've seen and it's what we you know whether it's a great match a great promo um some great music anything that was good it's very open-ended kind of category so for 1995 wcw from the first nitro to the end of the year what was your oh brother for 1995
1: danny it goes back to the dungeon of doom and it is the yeti
0: Ah,
1: okay. Yeah,
0: I know what you mean.
1: (laughs) I'm choosing the Yeti because, not just because of the debut or the lead-up or anything like that, but mainly because he didn't appear after Halloween Havoc. And when he did appear, he appeared in a completely different costume. And it was very disappointing because it was like no consistency. And then he's kind of just fizzled out now, hasn't he, towards the end of 95 um i'm not here campaigning for a yeti return or anything like that but <laughs> <laughs> i'm not going to be accused of that but i i think all the build-up all the money that they spent on him on that costume it should have it should have been more than it was mm. um that would be mine so how about yours uh
0: the, the yeti comes into it mine's a little bit more broad uh, I absolutely hated everything to do with the Hogan Dungeon of Doom storyline. That that's got to be my old brother of the year. the whole Dungeon of Doom Hogan storyline. It just dominated television. When you had guys, the, the aforementioned Benoit and Guerrero wrestling and putting on fantastic matches, and even even maybe not so much guys putting on great matches, you had people like Flair or Savage on screen. You know, massive stars that they're paying a lot of money. They still have to try and shove Hulk Hogan in a dungeon of bloody doom down our throats. The whole dungeon of doom Hogan thing. I could I could have done without that easily, mate. I can totally see
1: that. I mean, just, I mean, Macho Man and Ric Flair being dragged into that is
0: never a good look, is it? <laughs> no, no. And I think it is going to get, it seems like at the moment, as we now finish off 1995, you know, Starcade has been and gone. Our next episode is into '96. It feels like the Dungeon of Doom is kind of on a slight back burner for now. It's kind of disappearing, but I do think it comes back with a vengeance, just for one or two, you know, more moments before disappearing again. So just hold your breath on that one, mate. But yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was that was my oh brother of the year. The whole Dungeon of Doom Hogan storyline and the promotion of it, and uh just just crap, <laughs> truly awful. <laughs> Your woo of the year, sir, the the thing that you loved the most, whether it was a reoccurring theme, an individual character, anything at all, the thing that made you just go, oh, I'm so glad I'm watching this.
1: 100% it was the moment where Ric Flair ran down into the ring in that tag match of Halloween Havoc and betrayed Sting because I remember seeing here, I think we recorded that on a Saturday night, I watched it on the same day we recorded And I remember just being drawn in. And if you go back and listen to what we said about it, um, a lot of people talk about, oh, we want to get worked. We want to get worked. But then they complain about it online after. But no, I absolutely love that. I did think Ric Flair was coming to help Sting for that brief period of time. But when he made the turn, that made the whole thing just very satisfactory to me. Um, What was yours, Yeah.
0: No, I'm touching upon, upon your one there. They got you, didn't they? They, 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 they. Won, you one hundred percent bought into it, and that is when, to me, when wrestling's at its best. And that yes. was so good. That was so good. I mean, and that's the prime reason why Flair was my heel of the year for, for that scenario there. Just absolutely fantastic. Uh, my woo of the year then is uh, again. There's a few that sort of spring to mind. Pretty much any time Arn Anderson was on my TV, I enjoyed it. He, he either got a woo of the week when we were doing the episode or would be mentioned when we were discussing our woos of the week, whether it was a match, a promo, whatever. Uh, but the one for me is kind of similar to, to yourself with regards to being fished into it. Luger arriving on the very first Nitro was, of course, a massive moment and it kicked everything off. But we all knew it was coming. You know, everyone's aware that that happened on that episode and so on. When Medusa turned up, and dropped the belt in the bin. If you remember me saying, Danny, I didn't remember the date of that happening or the episode of that happening. So I'm just sat watching a random episode of Nitro. Well, it's not random. We're going in date order, but you know what I mean? I'm just sat watching a episode of Nitro from December uh, 1995, making my notes and so on, preparing for our recording. And then the WWF Women's Champion turns up. And to me, it was like 1995 all over again because I didn't realize that was the episode I was watching. So they, in a way got me on that occasion so that to me pretty much any time Arn was on telly was fantastic but if I had to pick a real specific moment yes yeah, Medusa turning up dropping the dropping the belt in the bin yeah that was my woo my friend
1: that was fantastic I mean we said it at the time but I had only seen very little highlights of that and read about it and yeah just brilliant all round.
0: yeah great stuff man great stuff so much to look forward to as we take our podcast nitro nights into 1996 as well i'm having an absolute blast going back through these shows one by one with you danny and i know we've got people who are watching along with us as well and that that, that's amazing to me that we have people tweeting the show people people are sitting through the dungeon of fucking doom (laughs) <laughs> on, a, on a weekly basis to be able to listen to us talk about the dungeon of fucking D. <laughs> and I, I, honestly, that, that means so much And to everyone who has tweeted the show and everyone else who has followed along and so on. I I, I can't put into words how much I really, really appreciate it
1: same here i mean that even today we've got a lovely um a few messages through and it was like wow that just blows my mind but and i do apologize for you having to sit through the dungeon of doom
0: <laughs> <laughs> i don't if i've got to sit through it they have to oh <laughs> uh, yes 1996 then the next time Danny and I are with you will be for the first WCW show of 1996, which is a Nitro, I believe. So that's going to be interesting there after the fallout from Starcade. And obviously, we know where we're heading now, don't we? Hey, eh? We know where we're heading now. It's coming in a few months' time. But there's still a lot to get through with regards to WCW. I believe we have a Clash of Champions coming up shortly. Uh, a couple of pay-per-views. And then some guy in denim turns up, which is going to be a debate, I suppose. A a good talking point there. Hmm, I wonder who that could be. (laughs) Well, there you go. He does say that, you know, we know who he is. We just don't know why he's there. Um, (laughs) Danny, do you want to let everybody know whereabouts they can find you online and let them know about the excellent shows you're involved in and what you're covering, mate?
1: Yep. Thank you very much. sir. You can hear me on A Change in Attitude with the great Mags, Ori and Tanner. You can hear me on One Man's Meet with the great Chris Bellis. And you can hear me on Nitro Lights with the great Sire Powell. And as for, for me on Twitter, you can follow me at Scottish Struggler
0: yes indeed well worth a follow the wrestling encyclopedia himself and i do advise as well you check out all of those shows i've said it before on episodes of nitro nights one man's meat i love the the whole concept of that it's it's brilliant i've enjoyed the the sort of side project as well looking at horror movies because in my head i always think i've seen those films because they've been around for so long but then when you start talking about them, I'm like, I don't think I have seen that. So then I've gone back and watched it and really enjoyed it. So, you know, I love I love those shows. So thank you very much for that. It, they're, they're brilliant stuff. People need to go and check out the shows Danny does with Chris Bellis there. Some great stuff. One Man's Meat podcast, search it out. And the, uh, is it Disgusting Off what it's called, isn't it? Yes. The the horror show. Check that out as well on the same feed. Absolutely brilliant stuff. Thank you. Uh, well, oh, you're very welcome, mate. You're very welcome. You can find me on Twitter at sjpwords words and on Facebook, there is a group there, SJP all the shows and info. Both of those are your, your, I suppose your main points of contact to links and so on to all the shows I'm involved in. And that includes chain wrestling, which is live on a Monday night via the radio Attackers YouTube and Twitch channels, but comes out as a podcast version also later in the week. If you can't make the live, we have the doctor who pod season two is either Oh, by the time this comes out, season two may actually have started. If it's not, it'll be with you the week after, potentially. Season two of the Doctor Who pod with Dan Griffin coming very, very soon. Season one was great fun. Go back and check it out if you have not heard it already. We have The Waiting Room with Benny Mack looking at Quantum Leap, one show at a time in order. Really enjoying doing that as well. A show from my youth that I bloody loved. Uh, and most importantly... We have Nitro Knights, which you can find on Twitter and Facebook at Nitro underscore Knights. That's at Nitro underscore Nights. Follow along. Watch the shows with us. I'm having a blast. I know Danny's having a blast. Come and join in the fun. Absolutely. There we go. Right. Danny, once again, I've enjoyed that. I'm looking forward to getting into 1996 and seeing what our thoughts are on certain people come this time next year or this time in you know the WCW calendar year as opposed to our own when we hit December 96 and see whereabouts we are I think that it's a big big year in professional wrestling and I'm really looking forward to looking at it step by step show by show with you my friend
1: the same here so I mean we've heard so many things about 1996 but I'm really looking forward to seeing what kind of matches happened and things that don't get reported on and looking forward to it
0: exactly mate exactly and obviously we're looking forward to more disco inferno (laughs) well that's just standard isn't it (laughs) Danny I'll speak to you again very soon my friend take care mate